Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. You know, it's really rare that an investor lets you into his portfolio so transparently and is willing to go line by line almost to tell you why he has a certain stock. Why did he pick it? Now, you might remember Jonathan Ang. He's a growth investor and author of Expand Your Circle of Competence, talking recently about SAAS, Software as a Service, as an area that he is bullish on. Today, I thought I'd give him the opportunity to develop his investment investment thesis with all of us and help us understand how he analyzes stock in this sector. So today we're going to take a closer look at shares of Endpoint security firm CrowdStrike Holdings. It's in Jonathan's portfolio. He's going to tell us whether or not he's still holding on to it. We've heard so much about a tech-led sell-off, Jonathan. First up, welcome to Money and Me. How are you this morning? Thank you for having me, uh, Michelle. Having a great time and really excited to share with the listeners, you know, how you actually look at this uh, really high growth companies. All right. We're going to dive deep into the metrics, into understanding why you pick CrowdStrike for yourself. But first up, a general um, statement, maybe. We've heard so much about the tech-led sell-off in U.S. markets recently. So much right. market turmoil, the fourth day of a so-called rout. Uh, are you still holding on to CrowdStrike or are you letting <laughs> some of it go? Um, I'm still holding it. In fact, I added more. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to sound like a fool, right? Obviously, you know, if a recession comes the next day, but, you know, I'm not looking at investing in this company for just the next six months or the next year. I'm looking at holding this company for the next five years. In fact, uh, in the previous uh, radio session, you know, we've actually uh, seen how CrowdStrike is so mission critical, right? And, you know, you have struggling industries like the airline industry. They are bleeding money, yeah. right? But they still have no choice but to uh, go to the cloud. And, you know, when they go to the cloud, they will need a cybersecurity solution on the cloud. All right. So, you know, if recession comes, I do expect maybe some churn, right? They will actually face uh, some uh, maybe a bumpy year. But, you know, I think they will still survive. If you look at the, the balance sheet, you know, they have the amount of cash, right? So to me, you know, it's a pretty safe company to invest in for the next five years, in my opinion. And obviously, uh, Michelle has actually said that, you know, I'm invested in this company. So my opinions obviously are biased. <laughs> well, so, you, yeah. <laughs> you have, you, you're here to explain why you've picked it. And I think that's a valuable lesson for the rest of us as investors, because when we look at software as a service, there's so many companies in this space. So I know that uh, CrowdStrike has been ranked 49th in the Fortune 100 companies and 40th of the top global 100 companies as of January this year. So it's one of many. Maybe we can start with what is CrowdStrike again? Remind us. <clears throat> right. So uh, just to add on on the top uh, Fortune uh, companies, right? Uh, actually, CrowdStrike is one of the top five growing SaaS companies in the world. Uh, in fact, if you look at the, the top right now, if I'm not wrong, it's uh, Shopify or Zoom. They're growing at about 3 to 400%. So CrowdStrike growing at 80%, they are the top five. And that is why I think, uh, you know, both Michelle and I want to uh, look at this industry itself because we don't want to waste the listeners' time. We only want to go to the place where there's the highest growth. So what CrowdStrike does is uh, they actually do endpoint security. 
So what exactly is endpoint, right? Endpoint are things like your your work from home devices, right? It could be like your mobile phone here. It could be like your laptop, your iPad, right? Basically think about, uh, you know, literally uh, think about your entire organi organizations, right? Who are your endpoints, right? Your endpoints are actually uh, your devices, right? These are the things that, uh, you know, connect your employee to your databases and things like that. So uh, what CrowdTrack does is that they actually protect these endpoints using their antivirus. And like what uh, I've mentioned in the previous uh, one, uh, CrowdStrike is different in, in the sense that it, it provides uh, cybersecurity on the cloud, right? Because more and more companies are storing that data in the cloud, right? So for those who don't know what cloud is, just think of it like, for example, like Google Drive, all right? So, you know, when you store things on Google Drive, you're actually literally storing it in the cloud. And why they call it cloud? Because, you know, this information uh, is not just uh, fixed at one point, right? It's kind of like a cloud floating around. So if you store an information on Google Drive, right, you can actually access it from different computers. You, you're not just fixed to one computer, right? So previously, a lot of companies, right, if you want to uh, access data from your company, right, you have to go back to office, you know, you have to use your office computer only, right? But now you can actually use your work from home devices. And that is why CropStrike is uh, getting more and more relevant, right? Because it's not about protecting your computers in office, not just protecting the data servers uh, in, the, in the office anymore. It's also about protecting all this work from home devices that your employees are using during this COVID period. And, you know, if you don't protect that, then, you know, you're going to hit into uh, some huge trouble because the last thing you want is a security breach and all the credit card information of your clients get reviewed out on the website. So it will be a huge PR mess and your uh, clients can sue you for that. So it, it, it's, it's very costly when you, when you get a huge uh, security breach. Right? So in a nutshell, CrowdStrike basically is a cybersecurity company that provides antivirus uh, for the cloud. All right. So this is just a, a summary of what CrowdStrike does. Okay, so since you came on, uh, CrowdStrike's price, I believe, has gone down in one week. Am I right, John? Yes. So I think before earnings, it kind of like rallied to $140. Then I think now it's about $129.4 uh, US dollars currently. Yeah. So uh, I was just uh, saying, you know, anything above below $130 based on my valuations, I think... Uh, if they can continue to grow at 80%, in my opinion, I think uh, it's kind of fair value, right? And, okay. and think about it, any company that grow at more than uh, 50% for two years, right? That would mean that their revenues will double. And naturally, when the revenues double, the company will be worth uh, more, right? Two times more than where it was uh, two years ago. So, you know, just some simple math uh, and just thinking about it, you know, it kind of... Uh, Make, make sense to me, right? Just a very back-of-the-envelope calculation. At what price point did you buy CrowdStrike? Did you enter it? I bought it at about $100, and re recently when it fell, I bought it at 120 plus. I, I can't remember exactly, but yeah. it's somewhere below 125 mm, Yeah, mm. It, it's, it's just really interesting because recently I, I was uh, noting DocuSign. You know, I had to sign a bunch of documents recently, <laughs> and everything is virtual these days, thanks to DocuSign, which released its earnings results. And great earnings, great forecast for the rest of the year. But just after the earnings, um, you know, there was a sell-off. And I was thinking if I was... 
head of DocuSign, I'd be wondering <laughs> what is going on here, uh, you know. But so when you look at CrowdStrike and its uh, price, uh, its its price, I suppose fluctuations. Again, you're thinking five years, so the short term you're looking away from. Yeah, and I think this volatility is great, man. You know, Michelle, this is the thing that serves us investors the best, right? <laughs> what people think volatility is uh, something that is uh, not not something you want, but volatility is what I want, right? Because let's say if, uh, you know, the stock prices go down uh, and it swings down uh, uh, by a lot, right? It's going to help me, right? Because I'm going to uh, soup up these uh, companies at, at a discounted price. So how I look at stocks is how, how, how I buy stocks. You know, when socks are cheap, I will just buy the socks, right? If the socks are expensive, then I, I will not buy. So it's just like, uh, you know, your great Singapore sales when this uh, sell-offs happen. And I think in the long run, you know, uh, the market will just be smart and adjust itself uh, to the growth rates of these companies. Mm. In fact, this is not the first time we see this kind of madness happening, right? Mm. Early in March, you know, all the companies got sold off because of some market fear, right? I mean, just look at Microsoft, you know, back then it was $130, uh, got sold off. Then the next quarter, it reported higher earnings, right? But the market still didn't react and look at where it is now. I believe it's about in the $200 range. So, you know, really understanding uh, your company, right? Yeah. So, so, for example, in this specific instance, CrowdStrike, yeah. knowing, so it is quite uh, certain, I'm quite certain that it is mission critical, right? Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity is something that is not uh, item priority number 10 on 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 the CTO's mind, the chief technical officer's mind, right? It is probably the top three uh, concerns and they're not likely going to, uh, they might cut the budget, right? But they will not eliminate uh, cybersecurity. They definitely will still need it, mm-hmm. be it recession or not, COVID or not, uh, a wall breaks out or not, they will still need that, right? Yeah. So that's how I see it. Listen, any company out there that can minimize the number of passwords that I need to use and still ensure cybersecurity, <laughs> I'm going to be buying into. Let me know when you come across that. But when you bought entered CrowdStrike, uh, price point about $120, what were the metrics that you're looking at? Yes, you know cybersecurity is important, but they always say buy what you know. And so right. you're looking at this company. How do you evaluate its value? Talk to us about the metrics. Right. Well, Michelle, the questions you ask here are really cool and the listeners are going to be in for a treat. Okay, so I'm going to be uh, really uh, fleshing out whatever that I, whatever matrix that I look at. So, I mean, if you're not driving, right, take a pen and paper, get ready, all right? So I'm going to review it one by one. Okay, so the first part is, you know, that we see a rise in many uh, so-called fake uh, SaaS companies uh, branding themselves as a SaaS company, uh, you know, because they know that investors like it, all right? So the number one thing I want to look at is what is the percentage of recurring revenues uh, as support as compared to the entire, as compared to the total revenues, right? I want this percentage to be high enough. So if I really have to give a ballpark, I would say more than ninety percent. All right. So I want a company that is truly uh, receiving recurring revenues. All right. You can brand yourself as a SaaS company, right? But what if right the recurring revenues only make up ten percent of total revenues? And something is very wrong here, right? And I really want to maybe uh, investigate. Right before I really take uh, whatever this company uh, promotes itself to be uh, seriously. All right, so this is one thing that I think 
most uh, beginners, um, uh, a mistake that most beginners make, right, which is to rush in because um, they are brand access companies, right? They do really good marketing. And in the end, you know, you, you kind of didn't buy a SaaS company. Yeah. So this is uh, something that's very, very important. That's, All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So the next one uh, we, I look at is definitely your growth in your subscription customers, right? Because, you know, the reason why your uh, SaaS company is so successful is that you're able to actually get more and more customers every single year, right? And these customers will stay with you, right? So tracking this number is really crucial, right? You want the customers to always be growing, okay? So this is how you actually uh, grow, right, for a SaaS company. So number one, you retain customers, and number two, you grow your uh, you bring in new customers, right? You you keep growing that existing customer. So if the day you stop growing, right, is the day where you know it's, uh, it shows that there's uh, some problem, right? So I really want to put my eye on this uh, growth in subscription customers. Okay, and and when you look about subscription revenue growth rates, what are you looking for? Right. So. To me, for a company to actually grow its revenues, right, it, it means that it's actually getting more market share, right? If you yeah. are not growing, that means someone out there is growing, right? So when I look at revenue growth, I'm actually comparing it uh, with the competitors, right? So let me just give you an example, mm-hmm. right? So for CrowdStrike, I actually compared it with uh, players like uh, you have Zach Scaler out there, right? You have companies like Paolo Auto. So... Um, Zach Scaler kind of does uh, a, a different thing, you know, it, it doesn't really uh, dwell in the endpoint security market, all right? But for me, uh, I just like to look at the entire industry, right? Uh, you know, Zach Scaler is growing about 30, 40%. So to me, when I see crowd growing 80%, I know crowd is doing something uh, more fantastic or more spectacular than uh, Zach Scaler, right? So to me, I'm like, okay, based on numbers, right, I know crowd is growing faster. All right, and you guys know, right, investing something that's growing at 40% versus 80%, that difference in 40%, that opportunity cost is is, is very significant, right? Because a 40% difference, if you compound it over two, three years, is, is a lot of money, right? So another competitor I looked at is uh, Paolo Auto. Mm-hmm. And Palo Alto is basically a company that uh, does cybersecurity as well. And they also do uh, endpoint uh, protection, right? The thing is, uh, Palo Alto is in a, in a phase of transition because Palo Alto used to do uh, antivirus on-premise. Right? On-premise meaning what? That means they do it the old way, right? They are not doing it on the cloud. Right. So the old way is basically, you, you know, you only secure the devices, your company's devices. Because last time, you know, I, I don't know if uh, listeners uh, can relate to this, right? But, you know, previously, maybe let's take ourselves 10 years back, right? If you want to bring uh, maybe your company's computer home, maybe you still even have to ask approval from your supervisor or from your boss, right? Because they're afraid that, uh, you know, the information gets leaked out. What if you plug a infected thumb drive into the company's laptop? Then you know, the entire company's uh, network will get infected, right? So that's what Power Auto did, right? Basically, um, you think about uh, how people traditionally do antiviruses that literally uh, the company is the castle, right? And they build very high walls around the castle, right? And if you want to assess information, you have to go through the gates of the castle. So 
think of the gates of the castle as you know the security uh, uh, counter in in your company, right? You, to enter the company to access your laptop, you have to have this uh, walls, and you have to only use your company's uh, laptop. Only then you can access your company's data. But now you see we are all working from home, so asking everyone to go into the castle it doesn't make sense, right? If not, everyone will get COVID, right? So. Uh, the way that they secure is not using high walls and high castles anymore, right? They actually use uh, something that is uh, different, right? So this is where uh, this is where you know your cloud security comes in, right? So Palo Alto is still transitioning from uh, protecting uh, in a very traditional way into the new way, and they have actually uh, you know lost uh, I would say uh, market share to CrowdStrike in terms of the endpoint. Uh, market mm. or maybe i wouldn't say lose market share but rather this is a complete whole new market right because palo alto was doing uh antivirus the old way all right but now uh, you have the new way of doing it so uh, crossroad is actually pouncing uh, and you know taking advantage of this first mover advantage and just you know uh, taking market share from the market, right? So that's Palo Alto, right? And they're growing at uh, 30%. So, you know, to me, uh, CrowdStrike is growing at 80%, you know, versus 30%. Uh, to me, uh, CrowdStrike is a more obvious case. Then you have also uh, players like... Um, Symantec? McAfee. Yeah, Symantec McAfee. and McAfee. Yeah, these are all names that people know, right? Know really yes. well. Mm. So unfortunately, McAfee is not listed. So the only analysis we can do is based on hearsay, right? So you actually make friends with, uh, I make friends with cybersecurity uh, people in the industry. And they told me that, you know, uh, actually uh, what they are doing is they are not really competing because uh, McAfee is also still uh, doing the uh, traditional uh, on-premise, right? The traditional way. But CrowdStrike is doing more of like the cloud, uh, the new way, right? So they are not really competing on that front as well. Right then for Symantec, you know, uh, I, I think it Symantec is kind of like music to all CrowdStrike's investors' ears. Right? I, I mean, it may sound a bit strange, yeah. <laughs> but let me let me explain. So Symantec, right, because they got acquired by Broadcom. And uh, I don't know why there's always this stigma that a lot of people, uh, when they see Broadcom acquiring companies, they get very worried because Broadcom, somehow there's this stigma going around that, you know, they like to uh, strip off the research and development uh, department of, 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 of the new acquired company, mm. right? And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of clients are getting worried, right? What if, uh, you know, I'm doing, because yeah, you're actually using a cybersecurity solution, but what if cybersecurity solution is not up to date? You know, so there are these uh, fears and concerns, mm. right? So this didn't help when also Symantec let go 100,000 of their customers, right? So they literally just stopped uh, serving them and they only retain their 2,000 most uh, profitable customers, right? So... Uh, this is based, this is not uh, official news, but this is really based on uh, the industry hearsay. And your right? understanding so, of it. We must yes, exactly. That. Okay. Right. You know, have you tried CrowdStrike solutions? You know, we always tell investors invest in what they know. Have you tried the solutions yourself? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, before investing into any company, uh, you know, I always like to do what we call scuttle battle, right? Uh, it's actually an investing term. But what, what it really means is just do research. Get your hands dirty, you know, put yourself as a customer and, you know, uh, just try it out. So um, I, I was actually interested in trying out CrowdStrike solution as, as a customer, uh, a customer as well. But also through this, I also understand the entire sales process as an investor. So I arranged for a meeting. Oh, they were really quick. The salespeople were really fast. 
you know, so, uh, you know, if you're the, if Josh, if you're listening to this, good job to your sales team. <laughs> and, um, you know, they were, they were able to understand, uh, sorry, explain very uh, easily, you know, what, how are they different? What do they do? And, you know, for me, I really have no IT background. I have no technical background, but mm. I was able to apply this, uh, you know, solution in just one day. All right, and to to my uh, you know to my team members in my company. So, I really think this is the reason why they're able to grow so fast, right? Because you know after the meeting, you're able to do the trial straight away, and you know you can deploy it even when you have no IT background at all. All right, so that is one of the huge uh, I would say plus point, right? And this leads me to uh, the, the 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 point I'm going to talk about, which is time to value. Right, so you want to see how long is the sales cycle, right? For CrowdStrike, you can see that their sales cycle is pretty short. Maybe under a month, they can close deals already, right? Like for me, for example, you know, with maybe within 14 days, I will have signed up already, right? Because I could use it so fast, I could deploy the solution so fast, mm-hmm. right? But for companies like Zaxcaler and Palo Alto, maybe they need uh, slightly more months to actually deploy their solutions because they are not uh, a solution on the cloud. Right, because literally, when you when you don't have a solution on cloud, you have to get every employee to go and download uh, the solution into their computers and so on and so forth. Yeah, so that's uh, one advantage of uh, having things on the cloud as well. Everything becomes faster when you want to deploy. Jonathan Ang is a growth investor. He's letting us into his portfolio this morning, helping us understand a little bit about his thesis of software as a service as a particular area that he's excited about and one stock in that in that sector, CrowdStrike. Okay, so we talked about some of CrowdStrike's competitors, uh, Symantec, McAfee, um, Palo Alto. Then, Palo Alto. There's yeah. also Trend Microsystems. And I'm just wondering, with all these competitors, right, as an investor, what is it about CrowdStrike's business model that stands out for you as different from their competitors? And it, it, was that an important factor for, for you buying into their stock? Right. So um, another thing that uh, made me, you know, so, so compelled is uh, looking in the client uh, demography. Right, so you can see that this is not just a company that's serving small clients. In fact, out of the top twenty banks in the world, eleven of uh, them actually use uh, CrowdStrike. Right, so I mean, you know, when I look at banks, you know, they are the most conservative uh, folks out there, and the fact that they are okay to use CrowdStrike, it says something about CrowdStrike, right? It really says about the trust that people have, and not just that. You know, in the U.S. government agencies, they are also using. CrowdStrike as well, and the, out of the top uh, Fortune companies, you know, you have many of them actually using CrowdStrike. Mm. So, uh, you know, client demography is something that I like to look at, right, to see if my thesis is really right. Like what you say, there's Trend Micro, there's uh, maybe Sentinel One, all these private uh, cloud security solution coming out, mm-hmm. right? But what I want to know is, you know, who are their clients, right? Because the thing is, I do not want to invest in a company that has too many uh, SMEs or small medium businesses. I mean, no um, no prejudice against small businesses, right? Uh, you know, don't get me wrong here. But I mean, as an investor, you really want your company to have enterprise customers, right? Because let's say when, it, when we 
go into recession or whatnot, we know that these enterprise customers are likely going to be more stable, right? This is just a fact. If you look at statistics, right, in a recession, uh, you know, there's a high uh, bankruptcy rate or high closure rates for small, medium businesses. So as an investor, you really want to be very prudent. You want to be very safe, right? You only want to invest in companies that have lots of big enterprise customers, mm. right? In fact, uh, you know, CrowdStrike recently released that uh, they actually closed an eight-figure deal in this uh, latest quarter. So that's mm. about uh, the, in the neighborhood of $10 million recurring every single year. Right? So this is the size that they're playing at. So, you know, this is what I look at, right, when I compare with its competitors. And another thing is, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people are very afraid of competitors, right? But the thing is, you know, I always like to uh, think in the inverse, right? If what you guys, uh, if what people say is really true, right? Uh, you know, cloud, cloud security solution, endpoints, uh, devices is so competitive. Then the fact that CrowdStrike is able to grow at 80% in this competitive climate shows that, you know, they actually are ahead mm. of the game, right? Mm. Otherwise, why would it be growing at 80%? I mean, if it's so competitive and uh, what people say is so commoditized, then why is it growing so high at high rates, right? People would have been grabbing the share of the pie, right? So they must be doing something that's different, right? So um, you know, like what we say here, right? You know, you talk about uh, the trust here. You talk about you know uh, the short sales cycle, implementing implementing it very quickly. And I, actually, the third part I want to talk about is also looking at the product market fit. All right, so what do okay, I mean by I'm that? I'm going to have to ask you to hold there, Jonathan. Okay. That's a great place to pause <laughs> so that we can come back the next time, yeah, because we've got to pause yeah. for the news. We've had a lot of rich insights today, especially since today we're dealing with, uh, you know, the fallout of a, another tech sell-off on Wall Street overnight, tech and energy counters as well. And people are struggling, trying to figure out how do I value a company and a stock to buy into. So thank you so much for all your insights this morning. Right. I just want to do one last uh, 30 seconds. Do I have 30 time? seconds. All right, fine. 30 right. seconds. So I want to say fires on when we look back at SaaS companies, likely we're going to laugh at ourselves, not that we didn't buy them. Because you look at the growth rates, 50% year on year, right? Likely they're going to 3x, 4x uh, in the next five years. So that's just what I think. And that's my opinion. So passionate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Jonathan Nang, growth investor, author of Expand Your Circle of Competence, joining me this morning in Money and Me. Have a great day, John. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.